if I have a serious lung condition, can I use essential oils? The answer to this is that essential oils are unlikely to cause respiratory disease or illness, but it depends. I am Cheryl Witten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. This episode is brought to you by the brand new ebook, Diffusing for Beginners. I created this ebook because there's so much confusion around aromatherapy and diffusing, and so much discussion and so much debating about what is safe. This ebook breaks down the mechanism of smell, the real dangers in your home from synthetic scents, and explains how aromatherapy can actually transform your home and space into a clean and natural haven. Discover the safety considerations around certain conditions like epilepsy, asthma, children, how to diffuse around pets, and more. Experiment with 48 different all-season diffuser blends. Diffusing for Beginners is available now on Kindle. We probably all have encountered the good old common cold, and we've sought out remedies and things that we can use to help ourselves with our lung symptoms. We've gone to the -the over-the-counter section in the pharmacy and we have seen products with eucalyptal in them, menthol, lemon, all of these natural, seemingly natural products. So eucalyptal and menthol are two essential oils or two constituents of essential oils naturally found in eucalyptus and other plants. Eucalyptal is also called 1-8-cineol, and it is naturally found in helichrysum and holy leaf, which is also called ravensera, and it is found in rosemary and niuli, many different other plants. And we use these on the regular for cough and cold help, normal common cold situations. And this is because eucalyptal is well-researched for this application, It is a known decongestant, a mucolytic, an expectorant, and we've used eucalyptus for years. Eucalyptus and peppermint are not without their contraindications, of course, and we will talk about that in a little bit. But the question that I want to address today is, if I have a serious lung condition, can I use essential oils? The answer to this is that essential oils are unlikely to cause respiratory disease or illness, but it depends It depends on you and how your body works and how your lungs are. Some people find essential oils to be very beneficial and the research indicates that they do have beneficial applications. But as anyone who deals with a lung disease understands, some aromas may be more overwhelming than others. It may be more difficult to use an essential oil. So the answer is it actually kind of depends. Where you're going to run into the most problems is if you are using fragrance oils versus using an authentic essential oil. This is because a fragrance oil contains a fragrance compound rather than being directly from a plant. This is also going to be a problem if you are purchasing or using adulterated essential oils. How do you know what you're getting? It's going to depend on where you're buying it from and what kind of a company they are. If you are going to, to say, a bath shop that is selling essential oils in there, it's very unlikely that a company that produces fragrance products is selling an authentic essential oil. So when you are looking at using essential oils to help the symptoms, that is going to be a key 
factor. Fragrance is known to irritate the lungs, even in a healthy, a person who has healthy lungs. In a person who has diseased lungs, it is especially irritating. Those, those compounds are very allergenic. However, someone who has lung disease may find an essential oil to be too much as well. So it's going to depend on you. It's going to depend on the plant you're using. It's just really going to depend. You may need to experiment a little bit. So I also want to cover some of the myths around lung disease and essential oils and some of the safety precautions that we can use and what some of the research actually says about essential oils and their use in the lungs. So there is an association out there that talks about cystic fibrosis and essential oils. And their statement is that people who have cystic fibrosis should not use essential oils because it will cause lipid pneumonia. This is incorrect. Lipid pneumonia is caused by lipids, which are fatty substances, fatty compounds, accumulating in the lungs. Fatty compounds are things like mineral oils and fatty oils like coconut oil, for example, that accumulate in the lungs. This causes pneumonia. Lipid pneumonia has occurred from applying fatty oil into the nose. So like mineral oil, for example, to lubricate the nose. From ingesting like liquid paraffin wax. Or cases of people who have cooked around fatty oils for a number of years and end up with lipid pneumonia. What's missing out of this statement is an understanding of the chemistry of essential oils. So essential oils are volatile organic compounds. It's just what they are. Volatile means that they evaporate quickly. Their basic structure of an essential oil is that it is small and compact and that it evaporates quickly. They do not have the same structure as a fatty oil. So they do not accumulate in the body. They evaporate. There was some discussion that even diffused essential oils should not be used because if you breathe it in, then it's going to stay in your lungs. Again, this is not true. If you're going to combine an essential oil with a fatty oil, like a carrier oil, for example, and you somehow ingest that, you get that into the lungs, okay, now we have a discussion, but I would argue that it's not the essential oil. Again, it's the fatty oil. It's not the essential oil that causes lipid pneumonia. It is the fatty oil that causes it. There's obviously other reasons that people get lipid pneumonia, tumors, and different things, but it's not caused by an essential oil. Essential oils also get hung up in the debate when we talk about vaping. These fatty oil-based liquids that are part of the vaping liquid, I guess, whatever you want to call it, supposedly can't contain essential oils. And so they sort of get caught up in this mix as well. I would argue again that especially if it's a fatty oil-based product, that it's not the essential oil that's causing any problem. And I would also argue that, come on, a vaping product does not have true authentic essential oil in that at all. That is absolutely going to be just a bunch of compounds, chemical compounds in that. That's not going to be a true essential oil at all. There's also this discussion about diffusing essential oils, irritating the lungs. Now, 
if you have lung disease, there's potential for anything to irritate your lungs. It's going to depend on your lungs and where you are in your disease and what you're allergic to and what, you know, there's just so many factors. But when you're diffusing, you're literally putting essential oils into the air in parts per million. So unless you are in a enclosed space, with intense diffusing of so a lot of essential oil you're really close to the diffuser you cannot get away from the smell and it's for quite a period of time absolutely you can have some reactions to that that can be irritating that can be irritating to someone who doesn't have lung disease so if you're in a car for example it's an enclosed space you have no access to fresh air perhaps you can't put the window down i don't know and it's an intense essential oil in the car, then yeah, you can have some irritation to the lungs. But in a, in a space, an open space that has, you can freely move around that is a large area, especially it's parts per million that's in the air. So it's not a lot. So it's unlikely to cause an issue, not impossible, but unlikely. Okay, so what does the research even say about essential oils and the lungs? There's, there's actually quite a bit of research and it's a lot of it is mainly around constituents and some of it is not exactly applicable simply because of the way that the constituent was used. For example, lots of research around eucalyptal, 1,8-cineal, in that specific constituent being used in things like steroid-dependent asthma and COPD and various different situations. However, the way that it is used is in a capsule. So it's not exactly applicable. What we do know about eucalyptal is that it is effective for inflammation. It also appears to have a relaxing effect on the bronchial smooth muscles and smooth muscles are involuntary muscles in the body. And so it appears that eucalyptal and menthol, which is found in peppermint, relax those bronchial smooth muscles and when we look at that capsule version we see that in steroid dependent asthma they were taking an oral dose of eucalyptal and they were able to reduce the steroid dosage over two months and a reduction of use of oral steroids overall in that study however again like i said that was a a capsule of 1-8 sineal or eucalyptal so not exactly an essential oil However, we do know that eucalyptal is found in eucalyptus and a variety of other plants. And so we do know that it has that action within the plant itself. Peppermint has also been used in a variety of studies and specifically more around athletic performance. So they were looking at peak inspiratory flow and peak expiratory flow. So in a variety of studies, they found the similar results the inspiratory and expiratory muscle strength and endurance increased after ingesting peppermint essential oil. They found that after ingesting, so 0.05 milliliters in a bottle of mineral water, that these parameters were significantly changed. Better inspiratory and expiratory flow, and they had a longer time to exhaustion. And then they also did this again in another study for athletic performance where they ingested the peppermint essential oil and after five minutes they measured these parameters and they saw an increase in the flow. So the theory was that the peppermint essential oil might be changing the lung surface tension and 
that it might be due to the relaxing effects on the airways and the bronchial smooth muscle tonicity. Other studies have looked at the effect of plants and essential oils on inflammation. They studied pine essential oil and hinoki essential oil, and they found that these oils regulated neutrophil-mediated inflammation. So neutrophil is an inflammatory cell, and so they found that it was able to suppress this, this kind of a cell. They also found in animal models that exposure to linalool, which is a compound in a variety of different plants, that cigarette smoking induced lung inflammation was suppressed in a dose-dependent manner. So this is only a couple of studies that I was able to quickly find, but there's quite a bit actually out there, especially on the 1-8 annual or the eucalyptal. So what if you have a child who has a lung disease? Can you use eucalyptus and peppermint, say, on your child with their condition? So eucalyptus and peppermint may have a potential effect on the central nervous system and a depressive effect on the central nervous system, which leads aromatherapists to say, you know, don't use eucalyptus and peppermint on or near the face of children under six, especially if we're talking about large doses. And you will see reports about eucalyptus and it's a lot of the time it's inappropriate massive doses being used on a child. So the suggestion is to use it away from the face of children under six. There are other types of eucalyptus that don't have 1-8 cineol in them that can be used on children. So eucalyptus divas, for example. So that can be an, a better choice if you choose to use eucalyptus and you want to be a little bit more concerned. That can be a better option. Additionally, pine could be a, an excellent option. Pine is high in alpha-pinene, not 1-8-cineol, and so that could be an option there as well. And this precaution is also for all essential oils high in 1-8-cineol or eucalyptal. So that's also going to be your holy for your ravensera, your rosemary that's high in 1-8-cineol, your nioli, those, that's the general precaution. And for me, I choose to use the essential oil on the back of children under six rather than on the lungs right up in their face. And so one of the most important factors is actually going to be amount. So when you're looking at something that's been around for a long time or something that will continue to be around for a long time and you're going to be using a product for a long period of time, you're not going to want to go in with a high dose right off the bat. We like to start at a low amount and go slow, which will mean using a low dilution blend. So that's going to mean using more carrier oil and lower amounts of essential oil. The focus here is going to be about looking at symptoms and reducing symptoms or managing symptoms so that perhaps your other programs you're on can be more effective for you. The focus is not going to be to cure this disease because this is not actually a treatment for the disease. Aromatherapy does not work like that. It's not a treatment for the disease. It can just help you support the body, help you manage some of the things that you're experiencing. So for example, when we look at, let's say, asthma, often people who have asthma regularly have allergies and allergies trigger and exacerbate their asthma. 
So if you can manage the symptoms of allergies, then perhaps you can have a positive effect on exacerbation of the disease, for example. So we've talked about allergies on this podcast before and how it applies to essential oils. So you can go and listen to that and understand how that works. We regularly use essential oils to help through that process, work at the immune level, work with some of the symptoms that come from allergies. And so it can be beneficial as well. Also, it's very important, as we said before, that you find quality products and make sure there's no fragrance compounds in there that are going to give you problems. And one of the other goals should be to look at the immune level inflammation. And this is a case where you're going to take it slow. You're not going to, you know, rock the body into any intense kind of program where it's going to freak out. You know, chronic diseases are long game picture. And so we want to look at these kinds of things as well. And of course, the overarching goal should really be quality of life. So if you're stressed, if you're not sleeping, you know, these can be ways that we can use essential oils to help in these areas. So relieve some fatigue, help the stress, help the irritability perhaps, or whatever might be going on that that can improve how you feel, which then can make your process maybe more effective, maybe easier for you. So those are ways that we can approach that as well. And that should definitely be a goal. Of course, all this should be done with a trained professional and physician. Essential oils and aromatherapy can actually be very beneficial as a complementary therapy. The suggestion is to start low and go slow. If you're going to be using long-term essential oil use, then you need to use a lower dilution. It's also going to protect the skin much better and small amounts. You don't need to use a lot at a time. Do not do intense diffusion. Maybe don't start with oral use. You know, that's maybe not the best idea for you. The best idea is probably just going to be to try it out or to smell it. Maybe it's going to be literally to just smell it from the bottle and see what happens. See how you react. See how you feel. Anecdotally, something I've actually heard people say is that with their lung condition, that initially the response was overwhelming. They, they found essential oils to be a lot initially. And then as I spent a little bit of time with them and kind of went slow with them and would smell them occasionally or be around them or diffuse it for five minutes at a time, for example, then it kind of got a little bit better and then they could notice, they, they could use them and then they could notice some positive effects from them with their body. And so that could be something that might need to happen for you too. Maybe it needs to be just a slow process and that's okay. If you are in a long-term condition, we do not want to be just shoving your body into max mode. We've got to take our time. We've got to be gentle. To answer your question, can you use essential oils if you have lung disease? Yes, but with a caveat as per usual. All right, beautiful people, thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist.
we have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.